मद्भक्तासंगारचतासारभूतेषु My dear Arjuna, one who is engaged in my pure devotional service, free from the contaminations of previous activities and from mental speculation, who is friendly to every living entity, certainly comes to me. Report by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Anyone who wants to approach the Supreme of all the personalities of Godhead on the Krishna Loka planet in the spiritual sky and be intimately connected with the Supreme Personality Krishna must take this formula as is stated by the Supreme Himself. Therefore, this verse is considered to be the essence of the Bhagavad Gita. The Bhagavad Gita is a book directed to the conditioned souls who are engaged in the material world with the purpose of lording it over nature and who do not know of real spiritual life. The Bhagavad Gita is meant to show how one can understand his spiritual existence and his eternal relationship with the Supreme Spiritual Personality and to teach one how to go back home, back to Godhead. Now, here is the verse which clearly explains the process by which one can attain success in his spiritual activity, devotional service. As far as work is concerned, one should transfer his energy entirely to Krishna conscious activities. No work should be done by any man except in relationship to Krishna. This is called Krishna karma. One may be engaged in various activities, but one should not be attached to the result of his work. But the result should be done for him. For example, one may be engaged in business, but to transform that activity into Krishna consciousness, one has to do his business for Krishna. If Krishna is the proprietor of the business, then Krishna should enjoy the profit of the business. If a businessman is in possession of thousands and thousands of dollars, and if he has to offer all this to Krishna, he can do it. This is work for Krishna. <clears throat> Instead of constructing a big building for his sense gratification, he can construct a nice temple for Krishna and can install the deity of Krishna and arrange for the deity's service, as is outlined in the authorized books of devotional service. This is all Krishna karma. One should not be attached to the result of his work, but the result should be offered to Krishna. One should also accept as prasadam, food, the remnants offered to Krishna. If, however, one is unable to construct a temple for Krishna, one can engage himself in cleansing the temple of Krishna. That is also Krishna karma. One can cultivate a garden. Anyone who has land in India, at least any poor man has a certain amount of land, can utilize that for Krishna by growing flowers to offer him. He can sow a Tulsi plant, because Tulsi leaves are very important, and Krishna has recommended this in Bhagavad Gita. Krishna desires that one offer him either a leaf or a flower or a little water and he is satisfied. This leaf especially refers to the Tulsi. So one can sow Tulsi leaves and pour water on the plant. Thus, even the poorest man can engage in the service of Krishna. These are some of the examples of how everyone and anyone can engage in working for Krishna. This very important sloka is herein declared by Srila Prabhupada 
to be the very essence of the Bhagavad Gita. Generally, in this age of superficiality, people are not very inclined toward understanding the essence of anything. They are more concerned with making a show of performing some sort of external ritual. It is an age where everything is going toward synthetics. Computerization is synthetic intelligence. Practically every aspect of life is being computerized. <coughs> Even the automobiles, less and less is their natural metal more and more plastic. Everything is becoming plastic. Even wood. I know in my country, at least 85% of what looks like wood is plastic. But they have developed such a design that it looks just like wood. And even jewelry is generally some sort of synthetic people are becoming more and more diverted from the real treasure of the essence of anything. And this is especially true in regard to religion. People are very inclined to the form of their religion. but they are not concerned with the true spirit, the essence, and the purpose behind it. But Bhagavad Gita is very, very dominantly overruling these misconceptions. Krishna is explaining to Arjuna, you fight this war, you perform your duty, you do your prescribed business in this world, but do not in any way, shape, or form be attached to the external actions or the external results. It is the spirit of devotion within your heart which is 100% all important. Krishna sees nothing but that. And therefore, no one is qualified or disqualified if they have a sincere heart that is the only necessary qualification. The Lord comes especially to reclaim those who are fallen. The fact that you are in this world means you are fallen. Anyone who is living outside of Vaikuntha has utterly nothing to be proud of. It's like a prisoner in solitary confinement being proud of his piety. Or someone else who's giving a little more freedom in the prison, he thinks, oh, see how pious I am. I'm not in solitary confinement. You have nothing to be proud of in regard to your piety. You are a criminal and that's why you're there. Of course, nowadays, most criminals are here and most pious people are in the jails. But that is not the principle. We are speaking in terms of principle. <coughs> This material existence is a prison house. Durga means prison. Maitunya Agara. That we are all shackled by the chains of our own independent desires to lord it over and enjoy this material energy. 
So whether you are the president, the prime minister, whether you are a learned scholar, whether you are a big, big businessman, or whether you are a sweeper, a sweeper of the streets, you have absolutely nothing to be proud of. You are here because you are fallen. Huh? So therefore, we must humble ourselves and understand that the Lord is so merciful. He comes especially to deliver the fallen souls, to attract our hearts back to Him. Tesham satata yuktanam bhajatam briti purvakam dhami budiyogam tam yena mamupayantate that one who constantly worships me with love and devotion, I reveal myself. Aham saravasya prabhavo matta saravam bravartate iti matvabhajante mambudha bhavasamandrata. Prabhupada translates this. Krishna says that I am the source of all spiritual and material worlds. Everything emanates from me. The wise who know this perfectly, engage in my loving service and worship me with all their hearts. Wisdom is a thing of the heart, not of the brain. Because the heart is the seat of our consciousness. And surrender means to surrender our consciousness to Krishna. When we chant the holy names, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare We are not simply talking some vibration. This chanting will not be very effective. Because Krishna does not appear through the tongue. Krishna is living within your heart. Ishvara Sarava Bhutanam Krishna says, I am in the heart of all living beings. And therefore, when we chant from our heart, Krishna manifests himself from her heart into the sound of his name. And then that sound vibration is vibrated by our tongue, enters into the atmosphere and purifies all of creation. Rupa Goswami has explained, I do not know how much nectar the two syllables Krishna have produced. When the name of Krishna dances upon my tongue, it is so sweet that I desire millions and millions of tongues. And when that name enters into my ears, I desire hundreds and millions and trillions of ears. And when that name enters back into the heart, the courtyard of the heart, it utterly conquers <clears throat> all attachments, all conceptions of any reality other than my eternal loving desire to serve the Lord. This is the power of the name when it is chanted properly. Our consciousness is the very sustenance and basis of our life. And our consciousness is manifested by our 
attention. Just like if somebody is not listening properly, sometimes we say, be conscious of what is being said. That means put your, your very basis of life, your essence, your consciousness into understanding, into hearing. So when we chant the holy name, when we attentively try to put everything else out of our consciousness and be attentive only in Krishna through that sound vibration, we are surrendering and sacrificing our entire consciousness to Krishna. And there is no greater surrender than that. Therefore, this sacrifice of the chanting of the holy name of God is the most powerful and effective of all means of surrendering to the Lord. Because in hearing that sound vibration, you are surrendering the essence of your life, your consciousness. Therefore, it is very important that we are very attentive. And we should know that Sankirtan means the vibration of the holy name, the glorification of God. And anything we do in devotional service is in assisting the great souls in glorifying the holy name. Therefore, whether we are cleaning the toilets or whether we are giving a lecture to 10,000 interested people, whether we're making a business deal worth of crores of rupees, or whether we give a donation of everything we have, 50 paisa, if it is done with this attention, with this consciousness that everything I do is a sacrifice for the pleasure of Krishna, then we are always chanting His holy name. The essence of Bhagavad Gita, Manmana Bhava Mad Bhakto to always think of Krishna, to become his devotee, to worship him and to offer homage unto him. <coughs> to put Krishna first, you must put yourself last. It makes sense. To the degree you put yourself high, you're putting Krishna low. And to the degree you put yourself last, Krishna is first in your life. Some people think, well, doesn't this create an inferiority complex? Always thinking I'm last. Not like that at all. It is just the opposite. Because in thinking yourself last, you're fully conscious that Krishna is first. And the real pride and glory of our life is in God's glory. And because we are part and parcel of Him, our eternal nature is to glorify and find pleasure in His greatness, not in our own. Of course, Unfortunately, people are not thinking like this in this day and age. People are very negligent of the spiritual principles of life. And therefore, people act very selfishly. Prakriti kriyamana nigunais karmani saravasha. Simply trying to feed and nourish their egos. false egos. And therefore, they engage in so many sinful activities. From the absolute point of view, 
Even if you are so-called pious, but you are doing it for yourself, that is sinful. Because everything is ultimately meant for Krishna's enjoyment. And then we wonder, why are these wars taking place in the world? Somebody told me today that they read some article or saw some poster which was explaining about this war in the Gulf which is taking place now, which has captured the intentions of all the world. And it said, here are two men, Mr. Bush and Mr. Saddam Hussein. And because these two people have such a false ego, and they have such strong motivation, the whole world has to suffer possible great destruction on the basis of an argument between two men. What do we have to do with it? What do we have to say about it? But this is not the case. You have everything to do with it. These personalities have been created by the accumulated karma of the world. We are opening more and more slaughterhouses, causing unnecessary, sorrowful torture and death to innocent children of God. Simply for a little sense gratification, we are willing to lie and cheat. Illicit sex, abortion, is becoming more and more prominent even in the so-called most religious countries of the world. The biggest business in America is selling drugs narcotics. People want to find some pleasure totally out of harmony with God's nature. It is so sinful. And the second biggest business is gambling. And of course the whole world is following. And people are engaging in all these sinful activities. As ye sow, so shall ye reap. Or as we say in English, what goes around comes around. God's plan is perfect. We are polluting the earth. We are polluting the waters. We are polluting the air. For what? Sense gratification. All the natural gifts that God has given us, pure, for the benefit, upliftment, and life-giving enlightenment of all living beings we are turning it all into an ugly cesspool of sin. Huh? The world, look around. Even in your nice city of Bombay, it is becoming like this. What to speak of everywhere else? Massive, sinful activity will create massive sinful reaction. We are all to blame. Don't think, well, I'm born in a Brahmin family and I'm very pious. I have nothing to do with this. 
Huh? Yes, yes. Those hippies in America, they're, it's their fault. They're committing sinful activity. But me, I'm a very good man. Your ego itself is more of a cause than their sinful activities. Huh? Because pride is also a sin, my friend. We are all responsible. These people are the monsters that we have created. And then the monster becomes so powerful that we don't know what to do with it. We don't even have the power to destroy it. Eventually, the monster of our own karma will come to destroy us. Srila Prabhupada uses the example that you should not feed milk and bananas to a serpent because it will only increase his venom and then, due to his envy, he will strike you. So this is the great problem. In this world, even in the external point of view, the countries that are now fighting this land, which is called the enemy, was built, financed, and everything by the people who he is attacking. We are not trying to get into politics, but it's very symbolic. Because this is what we are all doing in our own lives. We are putting our precious human energy into selfish, egoistic, sense gratificatory activities and then in the end it all turns against us to cause us suffering and destruction. And when it all happens we think, why is this happening to me? I'm a good person. In essence, you are a good person. And that's what Bhagavad Gita is trying to explain. The essence. How we are part and parcel of the Supreme Person or Krishna. Mamayavam so jiva loke jiva bhuta sanatana manashashtan indriyani prakriti shtani We are all eternal, full of knowledge and full of bliss. We are all part of God. We are pure. Simply we have to recognize, realize, and experience our very essence. And then we can find in any situation of life the unlimited, pure ecstasy of love, love of God, prema. There is no more powerful force in this world than love. Because love is truth. We are not speaking of the sentimental love on the conditioned bodily concept. But we are speaking of the true pure love of the soul for its source, the absolute truth, Sri Krishna. Nothing can conquer love. In the end, truth always prevails. We were speaking the other day that countries in the world today, they are very much afraid, are they not? And because they're so much afraid, they want to put much of their energy into defense by building better, better weapons and bigger, bigger bombs and exploiting the earth from its natural resources, the God-given gifts of the earth, to take it and create tools for destruction and suffering. This is what man is doing. Ha! Huh. So, they are stockpiling their bombs. 
notice the potency of these bombs. Within this creation, this universe is just a tiny little speck, is it not? And within this universe, this earth planet is a little, little, little insignificant dot. And within this earth planet, India, Pakistan, Russia, America, Iran, Iraq, they are just little, <laughs> little spots. And within this spot, any city is just another little dot. How significant is any city in relationship to the absolute truth in whom this entire creation is insignificant? And with even the most powerful bombs that man has ever created, he cannot even destroy a city. Hmm? And the destruction is only on the surface. The earth remains as it is. So these bombs are really, from the point of view of truth, they're harmless. They're so insignificant. They have such insignificant potency, then why should we bother being afraid of them? You may say, well, it can hurt me because I'm just a real little speck crawling around in this city. But according to Gita, the soul cannot be cut into pieces by any weapon, cannot be burnt by any fire. The soul is transcendental. Nahanyate hanyamane sarire. From dust thou come, from dust thou will return. This body will die, but the soul cannot be killed by any power. So from the physical point of view and the spiritual point of view, these bombs that are created are not even worth talking about. They're so insignificant. Huh? But there is another bomb that has great power. It is called the Krishna Nam bomb. <laughs> Why does it have such power? <coughs> we will try to explain that this entire material energy in which, in which all creations, all universes, all planets, and all living beings are being sustained this entire material energy can be instantly conquered, defeated, destroyed thoroughly by one pure chanting of the name of Krishna. The name of Krishna chanted once conquers the entire illusion of Maya in which all these universes are resting. That is real potency. That is power. Why? Because the sound of Krishna's name possesses all the power of the supreme truth, God himself. Nam nam akari bahudan nija sarva shakti stadrapita niyamita smarane nakala. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has explained that blessed is your name, Sri Krishna. You have many, many names. And in each and every one of your names, you have impregnated with all of your potency, all of your power, all of your glory. Achintya Shakti, inconceivable power. So therefore, if we really, really want to do good for the world, talking politics is not going to solve the problems. Because whether this political party or that political party, in due course of time, it becomes corrupt. One has an ideal, one is corrupt. They tear it down, but within a few years, they're just as corrupt, if not worse. This is the history of the world. 
from the beginning of time, is it not? If we truly want to do good for the world, we have to arm ourselves with that power that can destroy illusion. That illusion of Maya in which greed and envy and pride and lust and anger an illusion. They are all nourished. When you cut the root of a tree, the entire tree must die. When you cut Maya at the roots by always remembering Krishna and chanting his holy name, all the bad qualities which are the fruits of her illusion must die. Huh? Therefore, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he has come not with Sudarshan Chakra to cut off the heads of the demons. He has not come with a bow and arrow to pierce the hearts of the demons. He has not come with an axe or a club. Krishna had his Sudarshan. Ramchandra had his bow and arrow. Parasaram had his chopping axe. Narasingadev had his sharpened nails. Balaramji had his club and his plow. That same Supreme Personality has come in his most munificent and merciful incarnation, Sriman Mahaprabhu Gaurasundar. But he has come equipped with the most potent and powerful of all weapons, Krishna Nam Bam the holy name of Krishna. Because it cuts the illusory energy. It cuts all demoniac influences right at the root. Through chanting the holy name of the Lord, pure love awakens within our heart. And there is no power greater on earth than that love. So we are here tonight to gather together to help to create this great arsenal to establish real peace, prosperity, and happiness in this world. That is why we are congregationally chanting the holy names. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught chanting the holy name in the intimate, harmonious unity of other devotees. Whether we are chanting Japa or Kirtan, it is essential that we are chanting in a spirit of unity and harmony with the Vaishnavas. <coughs> that congregational chanting will have the greatest, greatest curative powers to heal the disease of human society. and to bring our consciousness back to its essence. We are part and parcel of Krishna. We are eternally his servants. And the real purpose and glory of our life is with all humility and devotion to serve him with love But we cannot serve him with love unless we are willing to serve every part of him with love. That if you cannot love God who you do not see, you must begin by learning to love the parts of him that you can see, which means each other. We can talk big, big talk about loving God, but if we cannot love each other, it is all superficial, external, and meaningless. Therefore, Krishna explains in this verse, my dear Arjuna, one who is engaged in my pure devotional service, free from the contaminations of previous activities and from mental speculation, <coughs> who is friendly to every living entity, certainly comes to me. So we must practice very carefully 
how to love each other. And if we do not love each other, how to humble ourselves before one another and render service, in which case we create a climate by which we can learn to love one another. Without humbly becoming the servant of the devotees, without showing genuine concern for helping in any way you can another person, another devotee, It is all theoretical to think that you will love God. <clears throat> that is why Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught Sankirtan, congregational chanting of the Holy Name. That we chant in harmony, in unison, in loving service relationship with one another. then Krishna will be very, very pleased to appear from within the core of your heart when you chant his name. It is not a mechanical process. This is Krishna consciousness. So let us put aside all superficial differences we may have with one another. According to the Srimad Bhagavatam, in, I believe it is the ninth canto, it is described by Janmadag, ah, the father of Parasuram, that the greatest virtue is forgiveness. To forgive is sacred. I'll tell you something. If you do not forgive, you will never be forgiven. The question is, have you ever done anything wrong in your life? Raise your hand if you have. Raise your hand if you haven't. No one dares to raise their hand. So, there are things that we require to be forgiven for. Sometimes we come on such a high philosophical level of pure surrender that the very basics we completely ignore. Huh? It's like a child that doesn't even know how to write his name starts studying Shakespeare. Shakespeare is the highest in literature. Study Shakespeare, but alongside it, learn how to write your name. Otherwise, you'll never really understand what Shakespeare's talking about. So sometimes devotees, they talk about such a high level of surrender and you're not this body, but they completely forget about just basic human decency of going, being friendly, kind, and good to one another. Krishna says that one who is friendly to every living being certainly comes to me. And we are not talking about materialistic friendliness. We are talking about transcendental friendliness. Which means we will do anything and everything to help another soul come closer to God. We will feel for the sufferings of others. Their body, their mind, and their soul. We will pray for the betterment even of our so-called worst enemies. We will forgive them faster than any offense they can commit to us. And we will pray with a positive spiritual motive for their deliverance. We will not envy, we will not seek revenge, and if those feelings are in our heart, we should understand that that feeling is my enemy, not this person. And I must get revenge and conquer this impurity within me, not within him. That is Krishna consciousness. And all these things can be accomplished simply by 
sincerely surrendering our consciousness to the sound vibration of the holy name and being in the spirit of Sankirtan, which means we chant the holy name congregationally in the spirit that I am the spirit of Sankirtan, which means we chant the holy name congregationally in the spirit that I am the servant of each and every devotee. To give pleasure to the Lord and his devotees is my first priority in life. This is the essence and this is the means to attain the essence. When they asked Srila Prabhupada, what do you hope to get out of all this chanting of Hare Krishna? And he said, chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. What do you hope to get from serving the deity? We do not want to become God by serving the deity. We want to serve the deity for the purpose of serving him forever. What do we hope to get from serving our Guru and the Vaishnavas and even the most insignificant creature on earth? More and more and more service. Eternal service. Jivara Swarupoi Krishna Das. That is our healthy natural position. That is the essence of our very being. With love and devotion to serve the Lord Shri Krishna. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. I'm very <coughs> honored and privileged to have the opportunity to come back into your association once again. Thank you very much for your great kindness upon me and I will try to be more sincere and more um, honest in my service to all of you and we all help we all very much require the help of one another become more sincere and honest servants of one another. And we all have a great debt to one another. Anyone who simply comes to these programs with a sincere and attentive heart is contributing something invaluable. not only to each and every one of us, but to the world. So we should be grateful and thankful to one another. And our gratitude will be expressed to the degree we want to reciprocate through seva, service. So, from the sincere feelings of my heart, I want to thank all of you. I offer my humble obeisances. Is there any questions? Or has it become too late? What is time? We should all take prasad. If you have questions, please come Sunday and we can answer questions. Ah, I'd like to tell you something else. We have the Harinam bomb. But Prabhupada called Globjaman's Iskan bullets. <laughs> so prasadam is our ground warfare. 
<laughs> prasadam distribution. And kirtan is our uh, air warfare. You read in the paper how they are both essential to win a war. You need good attacks from the air and from the ground forces. So we have everything we need. Our ground forces will conquer all opposition through mass distribution of Krishna Prasad. And we will, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he ordered us that this Harinam bombs, that we should bomb every town and every village in all the earth. Huh? Shri Gauranga Mahaprabhu Ki. So I'd like, I would like to announce that Monday, the 28th of January, is a very auspicious holiday for all of the devotees of the Lord. It is the appearance day of Lord Nityananda. And since just recently on Govardhan Puja, we install the beautiful murtis of Sri Sri Nitai Gorachandra. We are celebrating Lord Nityananda's first birthday at our temple in Chopati, Sri Sri Radha Gopinath Mandir. So at six, six o'clock, realistically 6.30, <laughs> there will be a very, very wonderful celebration celebrating the advent of Lord Nityananda Prabhu, who is most famous for being the most merciful to the most fallen. And if you really want Krishna's mercy, then you should attract Lord Nityananda's mercy by saying, my Lord, I am the most fallen. Doesn't mean you should be fallen. If you be fallen, that means you don't really think you're fallen. It means you're too proud to accept his instructions. But to simply, with a humble heart, pray to Lord Nityananda and receive his mercy in whatever condition of life we are in, we can attain the perfection of the divine mercy of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So please, I urgently appeal to each and every one of you to be present for the glorious Advent celebration of Lord Nityananda Prabhu at 6.30 at the Sri Sri Radha Gopinath Mandir, 7 KM Munshi Marg, <laughs> Bombay 40007, in this great land of Bharatvarsha. Thank you very much. Is there any other announcements that anyone would like to make? One more announcement that Prasad is being served so please enjoy to your full satisfaction and be